This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jessica and this is Tebaki Rambles where a couple of friends review Korean dramas and welcome to another episode where I have my good friend Carol back with me. Carol from K-Drama Musings Hi. and an admin for K-Drama K-Dramatics Club. I am so thrilled that you're back Carol. How you been? I've been good. How have you been? I've been well. Um, let's just really quick just say that the last time we were together was for Love Between Fairy and Devil which I think everyone and their mom listened to that episode. It's, it's very well received. People were very excited to hear us oh. talk about Love Between Fairy and Devil. And now we've got a few C-dramas in rotation now for Tebak because it's it, I love C-dramas. It's not a problem for me to cover C-dramas, but I know we are K-rambles. And we are here to talk about a very huge Korean drama today. Carol? <laughs> Carol's like already... Um. I'm already losing my mind because this is my absolute favorite K-drama. When I approached you for covering Coffee Prince, I think this was the beginning of the year. I want to say it was like six months ago. And I was like, Carol, do you want to come on and do Coffee Prince? And you freaked out. And you were like, absolutely, absolutely, I want to do it. And I feel bad that it's taken so long for us to get here. It feels like we were, I've given birth to something. And we're <laughs> finally going to talk about Coffee Prince together. <sighs> you know what? I don't mind it at all because it gave me a chance to rewatch it twice Oof. in the time that we, <laughs> in the time that you asked me. And... I got so nerdy. I got to a point where I was like trying to figure out their MBTI and it was, it took me away. It took me away. Carol, I think I might have to lean on you a little bit for this episode because this is the first time I've rewatched Coffee Prince since originally watching the show, I want to say a decade ago. What? Yes. I've watched it like, you know that meme, 50 times? No, 500 times? Likely. That's me. <laughs> this is That's your show. definitely me. Yeah, I knew this I asked the right person. I knew that <laughs> I had asked the right person to join me for this adventure into Coffee Prince when you were like, this is my favorite K-drama. I can't believe it. Like, you were so thrilled. And we're finally here. Uh, before we get started, a little housekeeping. If this is your first time listening, please go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That goes such a long way for listeners just like you to discover the podcast. And please come say hi. Check us out on social media. We put all of our updates on there I have so many different content things that I have going on, but Instagram and TikTok are the biggest ones, but you can find us everywhere, including Twitter and Facebook at Debak Pod. And if you're a fan, 
please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great great way for you to get involved, to show your support, to get a bunch of extra content for as little as $2 a month, guys. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy City, Alana, Grace, Lorna, Lee, and Sammy. I feel like I'm rapping when I say your names, but thank you guys so much. You guys are wonderful. And I mean, this is it. We're going to get into it right now. Coffee Prince. I will read the My Drama List synopsis. It reads... Choi Han-gyul is the grandson of chairwoman Bang of Dong-in Foods. He has never had a job and does not care for responsibility. Han-gyul is hung up on his first love, Han Yuju, who only sees him as a friend. Gon chan is a 24-year-old tomboy who is often mistaken for a guy. Her father died when she was 16 years old, and since then she has taken over as the breadwinner of her, in her family. When Han-kyul and Eun-chan meet, he, not knowing that she's a girl, decides to hire her to pretend to be his gay lover so that he can escape the blind dates arranged by his grandmother. After getting an, an ultimatum from his grandmother, Han-kyul takes over a run-down old coffee shop, later renamed Coffee Prince. Aha! Uh-huh. To prove that he's capable to both his grandmother and Yuju. In order to attract female customers, he only hires good-looking male employees. And Untan, desperate for money, continues to hide her gender to get a job at Coffee Prince. Yeah. So. How is this not a good premise? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was reading some articles from back in the day from when this aired and some interviews with the creators which we'll get into in a second and they they were like some people were complaining that this is not a realistic show and i was like okay (laughs) so first of all (laughs) second of all and third of all did you not read the synopsis this is not a realistic show by any stretch no And and I find it so funny that depending on the show, we're always arguing this is not realistic right, or right. I want to escape. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want, babe? Because this is not real. I'm not watching Coffee Prince for realism. OK, exactly. <sighs> yeah. But I will say it's one of the realest shows out there <laughs> to me. That's two different definitions of real. Two different definitions <laughs> for real. Okay, yeah. so Coffee Prince, I didn't know this. Coffee Prince was adapted from the novel Coffee Prince by Isan Lee, and it aired originally from July to August 2007. Uh, we're back with another summer show <laughs> in the summer. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. It's 17 episodes long, and it was directed by female director Lee Yoon Jung. I feel like that's pretty rare to have a female director. Or yeah. PD, however you want to call it. And she's directed other things like Cheese in the Trap, Sorry about it. I'm so sorry that we had to say Cheese in the Trap and bring it back on the show, but she directed Cheese in the Trap. The Lies Within in 2019, as well as Summer Strike from 2022. Oh my gosh. Yes, I loved Summer Strike. I loved Summer Strike. Oh, yeah, the vibes. And, the and vibes. she wrote it. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so, so that's, that's huge. I know. For Coffee Prince, the writers are Lee jung Ah and Jang hyun Hong, I'm sorry, sorry, Jang Hyun-ju. And this was their first writing credits ever, both of them. Yo. 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 Perfect. Yeah. And of course, we'll get into who stars in Coffee Prince. Kong-yu stars as Han-kyul. He was a grand total of 28 years old when he did Coffee Prince. Talk to me about your 
feelings around Kong Yu. Kong Yu? <laughs> I have to comport myself I know, for a moment. I see it. But I love that man so much. Mm-hmm. I think he is very talented. Mm-hmm. I love what he has done with his career. Mm-hmm. So earlier, you know, I really loved him. Um, in his first one, he was like a high school kid. And then was it he biscuit? does Hello the Biscuit. biscuit. Okay, okay. No, before Biscuit. So this is before he got bigger. So I saw him and I saw all of that. And then I saw Hello, My Teacher or Biscuit Teacher. And I loved it so much. It was problematic because there's a teacher and a student. Yes. But it was really well acted. He acted the part of a very emotional teenager. Right. Very well Mm -hmm. to me. And then Coffee Prince came along, and I was just like, ah, 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 I'm short-circuiting, because what? Yeah. What did, the fuck? Did you watch Coffee Prince when it aired in 2007? Because you've were watch- you been watching K-dramas for a very long time. Did Were you there? Yeah. I was not there. Okay. I watched it in October 20, 2007. Oh, So okay. a few months after. Yeah. Basically, you were there. Basically, yeah. it was harder to find currently airing dramas back then. Um, there was my Soju that it was a website I was using, and that's where I watched it. And oh. it was just oh, <laughs> perfect. Kongyu right. has, I think, become a household name. He's a national treasure, and this was his this was his breakout role in Coffee Prince. This is where everybody was like, oh my God, they fell head over heels for Kong Yu. And he's gone on to do really varied, interesting projects in movies and TV. And exactly. we talked about it a little bit on our Goblin episode, because of course we covered Goblin a couple seasons ago. And I mean, Goblin itself, 2016 was a huge year for him. The cameo in Squid Game, we got Squid Game 2 coming up next year in 2024. He's a Netflix guy now since he started in the Silent Sea. And I really like his his movies, to be quite honest with you. I love the movies that he's done. Uh, Silenced uh, in 2011, which he sort of pioneered and was like a producer on, basically. I'm uh, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Very moving, yeah. very hard to watch. Yeah. Um, so do you have any like thoughts on him as a persona? Because I think we can obviously sort of look to his works and be like, he's a great actor, really good mm-hmm. performer. But I think a lot of people also sort of feel like he's a, a bit endearing, especially now that he has an Instagram account. <laughs> and all God, it took forever. All that he posts like- him and his cats and the pets because <laughs> he's a cat man. I was like one of the first hundred people I remember to follow him on Instagram because I was losing my mind. I was like, finally. And then he's just a dork on Instagram. A A pure nerd. (laughs) So he made me he definitely made me reconsider my swiping left on apps for guys who have fish in their hands. Because to me, I was like, oh, he's hot. Like, yes, a fish. But on the dating apps, I'm just like, what is this? Are you expecting me to cook? Like, what's what's going on here? Swipe left every single time. So now I've worked on my prejudice. (laughs) Yeah. What what a gem. I think 
Yeah, I think his persona is, um, I love that he's mysterious. Mm -hmm. He keeps me very interested in, ooh, what's happening with Gong Yu? Um, He's very private, but he's also very loyal, which I really appreciate and really love seeing, to be honest, because he's been with his stylist, for example, since 2005 or 2006. Wow. And they've become best friends and you see pictures of them on her profile. And like they went on a trip for her birthday and they had matching shirts and like a group of friends. And it's just adorable, adorable. And he's still working with her. So I, I found that very, very endearing and his relationship or friendship with Idomok too is... Oh, yeah, they're besties. Absolute. Oh. It's fantastic. So I yeah. I really like him. Mm-hmm. I also like how he doesn't actually make any political statements except through his work. Mm. So through silenced, through supporting or being a member of um, 1982 Kim Ji-yong, yes, that movie. Yes, he did. Yeah, he was a husband in oh, that movie. Oh, great. Great guy. Mm-hmm. To me, all around. I agree. I think he's really sort of a perfect sort of specimen i feel like he's leo dicaprio without all of the ibiza yachts with the with the hot models that are 25 or younger he is just without all that he is the leo dicaprio to me of korea you know yes i agree yeah i agree what a babe great guy great guy 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 so his co-star in coffee prince is yunnhae who plays Untan. Mm-hmm. She was a grand total of 23 years old when she starred in Coffee Prince. And wow. <clears throat> I don't know if a lot of people know this about her, but she debuted as a member of girl, girl group Baby Vox or Baby VOX. I'm not sure how you say some of these K-pop group names. And she was mm-hmm. with the group until 05. And then she was with a project group WSG Wannabe in tw- up to 2022. So she is an idol turned actor. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of idol. Do you throw a rock and you hit an idol in the <laughs> drama world, okay? That's true. I think that she is sort of a divisive figure now that I didn't notice many years ago when I was watching her works. But now she's just sort of relegated to the uh, reality, what are they called? Like Running Man and those kind of shows mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. doing k-dramas she really hasn't done any k-dramas or tv or sorry movie work since 2018 but yun is such a formative figure in the early 2000s and uh, i gong? i just i loved her and yeah. she was the uh, my first k-drama was one of her k-dramas so she holds a very special place for me. She was in Lie to Me in 2011, which is one of her t- most terrible uh. shows. Like, it was not well-received. People didn't like that show. And I watched it. That was my first K-drama ever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so she holds a very special place in my heart because she's my first K-drama leading lady that I ever saw. And then I went on to watch a bunch of her other works, like Princess Hours, a.k.a. Kung. Yeah. Yeah. Which is 06. Yeah. The year before Coffee Prince, she starred in Princess Hours, 
which, by the way, is getting a remake that's happening next year. I saw that. Unbelievable. And then My Fair Lady in 09, I Miss You from 2012, which I don't know if you've seen that one. She was like, I don't even want to go over the plot, but that was a very, it's a, <laughs> I think the term is mellow thriller. Yeah. So she was. I that. saw that one. Yeah. I think the one I did not like the most was My Fair Lady. Okay. I never watched that one. I don't know why, but I steered oh. clear of it. I loved my favorite from her are Princess Hours, which was her first time, mm-hmm. um, Coffee Prince, and uh, Lie to Me. I actually really loved <laughs> Lie to, to Me. Me. Okay, let's talk really like a minute on Lie to Me because yeah, Lie to Me had every trope, right? Yes. It had, she, what was it like? She lied that she was in a relationship with this dude. Then he found out about it, got upset, then went along with it, I believe. There was yeah. a cherry blossoms scene. There was the wrist grabbing. A Coca-Cola. The Coca-Cola kiss. Are you joking me? Are you That jo- was the best oh Coca-Cola God. ad ever. I was shooketh when I saw this. <laughs> and you know what? I came from watching... I'm telling you, like, this summer or something after I got out of college and I got my first job and I had all of this extra time on my hands that I wasn't studying, I wasn't going to class, I was just going to work. Had, what, what do I do with all this time? So I watched Lie to Me, that, I think, that summer. And I had just come off of binging True Blood, okay? Like, oh! <laughs> which I talked to my friends now and I'm like, yeah, I watched True Blood. I, I cannot tell you any specific thing about True Blood. It was like a fever dream, me binging True Blood on this off-the-wall, like, bootleg site that I had. Um, oh, no. Like, it gave my computer viruses. I watched True Blood, and then I got hooked on K-dramas. So, to me, I was shocked that I was so into this whole, like, wrist grab and, like, glances and, like, really... It was playing up the intimacy and the romance of everything, right? And then you hit, yeah. then you hit the Coca Cola kiss scene. Oh, ten that out of ten. Never got empty. Oh, damn, it was fantastic. So, so that's just putting it into context for you. Lie to me is probably not the best show that I've ever watched, but I think no. it's underrated. To a point, I think you should watch it if you have it. I do think you should watch it. Yeah. Now, granted, um, Kanji Wan is no longer like in the sphere of acting because of his scandals and everything. But I, he's a great actor. Mm. Hong Gil Dong, he did a, a show called Hong Gil yes, Dong. Yes, the, the yeah. Cap- yeah. Yeah, and he did Capital Scandal. Those are two really, really good shows. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Yun and He had her own scandals, right? Like she was embroiled in the scandal with her management and she tried to, she nullified yes. the contract. It was this whole thing. Yes. She had haters online when the internet was new and it was very fierce. She got death threats and things like that. She was fearful of her life. And yeah. I think then she went on some reality show where she designed an outfit. And, and it, pe- was it was plagiarized, quote unquote. And that sort of sank her battleship. She didn't recover after that. And you can tell by her body of work post like 2015-ish. Yeah. Yeah. What, just the types of projects that she's getting is not, Yeah. it's not the same anymore. Yeah. And she got criticized. And she got ill. 
And yeah, and then she was ill. She was battling alcoholism. She said that she's sober about eight years now in a recent interview. Yeah. And I'm just like, homegirl has been through it. Through it. So, Yunnan He, if you really want to sink your teeth into some K-dramas from yesteryear, look up Yunnan He's filmography and get to step in. Because this is what I... This is my introduction to K-dramas was her K-dramas. And I feel like she is so great in a lot of things. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She is. So we'll wrap up the cast really fast. We have Lee Sung-kyun as Han Song. You might know him as just Ajusi because he is the Ajusi from My Mister in 2018. Oh, my God. His voice. The voice. So butter. The voice. So let me Ugh. just say, when I first watched Coffee Prince, I did not understand the appeal of Lee Sung-kyun. I was like, why is this guy even a, f- a player? You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't get <laughs> I did not get it. I rewatching Coffee Prince, the level of attraction that I feel right? for Lee Sung-kyun like went up through the roof. And it might be because I am way closer to his age than he was when he filmed the drama. Because he was 32 years old when he filmed Coffee Prince, right? And that's wow. exactly the same as his character's age in the show. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older and like the voice and the little like <laughs> mid 2000s get up that they had him in. I was like, <laughs> babe, <laughs> I ate it up. Yes. I ate it all up. Oh, God. Yeah. So he's in the show. He's the second male lead. Um, I might call him cousin like throughout the show because I feel like yeah. Han Song, his character's name and uh, the na- Han Gyul for Kong yeah. Yu's character really, that's gonna cut, if I was listening to a podcast, I'd be like are they the same guy? I'd get confused <laughs> so he's either Ajusi or Cousin as we're okay. talking through, but yeah you might have seen him in Parasite also in 2019 he has like 40 something credits to his name for just movies he's a prolific actor Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You should see um, his show on Apple TV. I think it's Dr. Brain. Dr. Brain. Really good. And then on Prime Video, um, mm-hmm. Money and Power, something around Money okay. and Power. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Oh, that man. Yeah. What God a man. Let's move on. What a man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Him at 32 years old in 07 was like doing things to me this time. <laughs> Maybe I was didn't watch Coffee Prince at the right time in my life to like appreciate this second male lead because I had a bad, I had second lead syndrome so bad on this rewatch of Coffee Prince. To be quite honest with you, yeah. I feel you. Okay, so Tae Jong An plays Han Yuju. She's the second female lead. She is also a singer turned actress. And then we have a host of princes here that we can go through really fast. We have. I, I don't know if this counts as a one of the princes, but I guess it does. Kim Chang-won plays uh-huh. Geshik. He's like the co-owner. Yeah. Another Ajushi who you've seen everywhere. You're like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> He's a that guy, I feel, for most people here in the West. We have Kim Dong-wook as Halim. He uh. was recently in My Perfect Stranger. Yo, and he's doing delightfully deceitful. Mm-hmm. So he has two dramas airing. Yeah. And... He's doing what well. A glow up. What a, what glow, a up. glow up. What a glow up. 
I gotta say, the whole cast, except R.I.P., but no, the no, whole we'll talk cast. No, no, we'll talk about it in a sec. Yeah, the whole cast. Yeah. Glow up. Glow up. Major. Mm. Mm. But let's continue. Yes. Then we have Kim Jae-wook. Yes, that Kim Jae-wook playing Song Ki. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I, okay. So besides Lee Sung kyung throwing me for a loop, this rewatch, <laughs> I was compl- I was smitten with Kim Jae-wook in this. Because for those who don't know Kim Jae-wook, you might have seen him in um, Her Private Life. Yes. He's the main guy in Her Private Life, among other things. And him looking really young with the long hair the long hair was it for me like i was with the ponytail with the pony <laughs> you know what we'll get to why i loved the show so much okay. but let's continue okay and then we but have, i i yeah go okay then we have eon plays minyon and unfortunately yeah. this actor why haven't we seen him in anywhere else well he died tragically in a motorcycle accident the very next year after Coffee Prince in 2008. Right? I had no I, idea until very recently. I cried. I cried so much because it happened while it, it happened while he was filming a drama so he was in, on his way back from yeah. work, I think. Something and like that, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been a rap like party a, a or something. It was an event. Yeah, 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 yeah actually. Yeah. And it was in the middle of Gong Yu's um, enlistment because Gong Yu enlisted right after Coffee Prince. And there are pictures of him like being excused from the military to come to the funeral. And just the, oh, my baby, he, the devastation from the whole cast. I felt that in my spirit. I still uh-huh. feel it. I still feel it. And watching yeah. their reunion episode. Mm. Oh, where oh. They get to talking about him and it starts they get really emotional. and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. what a what a great guy. It's Gone emotional and life cut too short for sure. Yeah. And R.I.P. Eon. Yeah. Yeah. At least we have Absolutely. this thing to remember him by the coffee prince where he is sort of like a bumbling fool. And he becomes like a model or something at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> at least it gets like a good ending. And then to wrap up, this is not a prince, but we have Kim Young-ok playing Han Gil's grandmother. She is everybody's grandmother. Okay. She is. What a lovely lady. I What a class act. I love her. I love following her on TikTok. All of her TikToks are really weird and stupid and funny. <laughs> and I just love that she's even on there. And yeah. I think maybe a lot of people know her as the grandma from Hometown Cha Cha Cha. Yeah. Yes. What a blessing. What a blessing to have she her. Yes. Oh. And what a, oh, the, her character in Hometown Cha 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 was really a gift to me mm. because i'm like oh one day if she's no longer here just the words and the wisdom and all that she said in home cha mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh beautiful oh what soul. a gift beautiful song yeah so we're ca- we come to the end of it i think i know how you feel i think everybody knows how we feel about this show but please <laughs> talk to me about coffee prince your unspoiled thoughts unspoiled okay 
I watched this, like I said, in October 2007. I was in a very emotional space of, I want to find my place in the world. Like, who am I? And, and I need people who believe in me. And it, it just, it was just perfect. It was the perfect show to watch because it helped me process my emotions. It helped me understand friendships. It helped me even process how I was interacting with my parents at the time. Because I really did feel like both Hangyeol and Gunchan just with what was happening in my life at the time. And so it was like my outlet because I was, I felt like as a kid, I didn't have the space to explore my feelings with my parents because I'm from Ghana. Um, and this was just it. Everything I was seeing felt like it. So it's a fantastic show on friendship, on found family, on family, on purpose, on love. Yeah. Wow. You can't go wrong with Coffee Prince. I love that answer. I don't think I can give a better answer than that. Because when I watched <laughs> Coffee Prince, I was just like a punk and had not been exposed to a lot of K-dramas. This was maybe in my first 50 K-dramas that I watched. And I thought it was really good. And I could totally understand why this was making waves and why I was seeing this on top 100, mm -hmm. top 50, top 20 lists that I was going through at the time trying to find really good K-dramas. You know, I don't know if people realize this, but it's really was really hard to find credible critique or rankings or ratings on K-dramas back in the mm -hmm. day, right? And I started way later than you and I had the internet at my disposal and I was still like, where do I even start? How do I find these K-dramas? Where do I watch? Like all this stuff. Yeah. Today you just yeah. go on TikTok and people, someone tells you like what to watch, how to watch it, whatever. Or you just go on Netflix, it's so easy. So it's easy. It's so easy now. Y'all yeah. don't know. <laughs> You guys legitimately don't know. And so when I watched Coffee Prince, I appreciated it immensely. And I thought it was really good. I thought some of those scenes were like, like K-drama crack moments. And I've said K-drama crack a few times lately in different episodes because there are so many K-drama crack moments in Coffee Prince, really iconic ones that I still remember. They're ingrained in my memory. Yeah, yeah. But I think rewatching today, I'm struck by how woke it is i guess thank you <laughs> yeah thank you it's yo this drama was ahead of its time it, it, it was compared to all the dramas during that time period this drama was like it talked about feminism mm -hmm. it talked about um you know purpose and finding yourself and and really putting what you want ahead of love and uh, it's just it's just perfect mm -hmm. i don't know anyone who doesn't like it i feel sorry for you that's all i have this quote here from rolling stone india that says coffee prince was a cut above the rest and that it was the determination of the cast which truly brought each character to life yun made her character believable both as a boy and a girl in love for the first time gong's well-balanced portrayal of the moody hankyul made him lovable throughout the show his dilemma on his sexuality, reactions leading to soul searching, and the chemistry between him and Yun is seamless. The show raised questions on gender identity, social norms, and notions around same-sex relationships, femininity, masculinity, which makes it more suitable a show for everyone even today. 
Exactly. I'm standing ovation. Yes. Standing ovation well. for that paragraph from Rolling Stone India because I fully 100% agree that it mm-hmm. covered a lot of ground. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like there was a ton of plot either. <laughs> we were just sitting with these feelings, with these people. All yeah. we, we were just going to the coffee shop every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. What was there yeah. to it, you know? It felt, you know what it felt like? It felt like I was just getting a vlog from my friends. <gasps> oh, I like because that. Because it just it just felt like daily life. It just felt even like the struggles they were having, the emotional struggles. Mm-hmm. It just really felt like I was watching a vlog with my friends on YouTube. Yeah. I appreciated the chemistry between Gongyu and Yunnanhe so much this time around. I knew I knew it was good the first time I watched Coffee Prince, but on this watch yeah. I was like, look, if it's some shows nowadays, currently airing shows, recent shows wish that they could have what Kong Yu and Yunnan He had back in Coffee yeah. Prince. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's a very natural sexually tense relationship that they had. And a lot of give and take, push and pull, feelings, angst, all this stuff. Yep. And then on top of that, he's grappling with his sexual identity. Like, what is he gay now? What does that mean? How is he going to pursue her? I mean, when him, how, he thought he thought he was a exactly. guy. It was amazing, amazing. And and I loved that he did not like they did not err on the side of homophobia. And the reason I'm saying that is because I've heard the criticism that people are like, oh, it was homophobic. No, that's not not fair. Not exactly. If you, yeah, if you've been heterosexual all your life and then all of a sudden you are um, attracted to someone of the same sex. Right. I can imagine that you start wondering. Yeah, (laughs) you'll start thinking like, yo, 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 what's going on with me? And I think he presented that so well Mm -hmm. in the drama, his struggle with it. Right. And finally accepting, oh, it's beautiful. It's very, I mean, in that sense, it's very realistic because if something like that happened to someone even today, I don't feel like it would be an easy ask or an easy decision for someone today to go through that whether it's you've been gay all your life and all of a sudden you're attracted to someone of the opposite sex like whatever the case is you got yeah. something an outlier that's pulling at your heart heartstrings how do you handle that you know exactly yeah and it's all yeah. about his identity and who he thought of how he thought of himself and Yes, how is his family going to take it? Yes, how is society going to take it? Do I overcome this in some... Do I do I go for it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or do yeah. I not? Do I shut, shut it down? But how is that going to hurt me? It's literally a spiral for the man. And I loved how he played it because he it was a battle yes. of self-loathing. But then he like loves her, such him. And what is he going to do? Like... <laughs> He can't live without her. So it's it's quite emotional and believable for yeah. how Kong Yu sort of acted it out. And I think with as much respect as 2007 could afford it, even more respect than yeah. even a struggle like this today, I would feel. Absolutely. 
I was watching an interview with him maybe two weeks ago, mm. and the interviewer, Jang Doyon, asked him, what helped you become the actor you are today? And he said, Coffee Prince. Oh. And then she's like, oh, if you were in... If you were to love in real life, mm-hmm. which character would you like to follow? And he said Choi Hangil. Like mm. he had they're just he loved so passionately. Yeah. And even and he had so much courage and that's what stood out to to him. Yeah. So it's like, ugh, you get it, boo. He you gets get it. it. Yeah. He's really great. I loved seeing some of those clips of them returning and watching the series all those years later. I think the documentary aired a couple of years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe on the 10th anniversary. I I can't remember exactly. But they brought the whole cast back. Actually, maybe it was the 20th anniversary. No, no, that's stupid. Not the 20th anniversary, because then we'd be 2027. Anyway, (laughs) they brought everybody back. And... They had them watch certain scenes and they had little interviews with every, everybody. And I loved how it, there's like a Soompi article that does a really good job of summarizing all of these little clips and the documentary itself. And Kong commented to Yun and Hen and said, I remember everything we did. We kissed a lot. Since I've aged, <laughs> I know. Since I've aged, I can talk about it without feeling shy. And Yun and Hen says I'm shy and was I know she was like really bashful about it because honestly they were all over each other in the show and I would be completely mortified to return to it after the fact and watch it wait wait I don't think they had a lot of kisses though no what I'm saying is well compared to they had a lot of intimacy yes but and and then also I feel like compared to more recent shows even that was a lot of kissing okay, there's some okay. shows that like you don't get any kisses like summer strike okay. from the same director yeah yeah no kissing. That's yeah so <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying and then yun and hey they were watching their own kissing and <laughs> yun and hey like averted her eyes and said oh it's hot in here <laughs> Kongyu, <laughs> Kongyu said Untan was a very motivated girl. She was not passive. I didn't know what Unhe's hands were doing, but after watching the broadcast, her hands were pulling up my t-shirt. I guess he never noticed that she was, like, <laughs> clawing at him. It's great. It's so great. She was into it. She was into That's why he said she was motivated. <laughs> I would be like, cut, cut, please. Cut, because I don't want yeah. you to see me blushing right now. Uh, let me see. Lee Sung-gyun, who is Ajushi, said Choi Han-gyul is Gong-yu. Didn't it suit him better than any other role? However, Gong-yu hesitated to join the production, explaining it was a time when I had a bit of opposition against romantic comedies. After becoming an actor, it was the first time I had experienced that puberty. I wanted to grow while fulfilling my sense of achievement. But the vibe around me was, you have to do this. You ha- That's how you become a star, get advertisements and get main roles. And this is something that's even happening today is that a lot of people are not taking melodrama, dramas, thrillers, these genres seriously. Stars get made with like romantic comedies. Yeah. Romance. Yeah. Right. Like consider Ryan Gosling or Matthew McConaughey over here. It wasn't until they did The Notebook. It wasn't until they did 
you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days that they were really getting play and mm-hmm. they were hesitant to keep doing that because they were afraid of getting typecast, even though the money was good doing these romances, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like Kong Yu's got a, had a valid hesitancy, right? He did, he did, but at the same time, we hadn't gotten like a proper romance from him. Oh yeah, no. Because when you say Biscuit Teacher. That's a very strange show. Because I remember watching it and I was like, I feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very strange show. Um, And then he did One Fine Day which was okay. It didn't have the same hype as Coffee Prince, but really, Coffee Prince really felt like the start mm-hmm. of Gong Yu. It's his notebook. It's his notebook. It's his notebook. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't seen the notebook, but what? It's his notebook. What? I haven't seen the notebook. Not that I am a advocate for the notebook, but. <laughs> I feel like everyone should see the notebook at least once. Okay. I don't care who you are. Just watch the notebook at least once so you can get it and then move, move on with your life. So watch the notebook, Carol. Um, stay tuned for the notebook, uh, movie corner on the Patreon feed because um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I want to be there for when you, when you give me your thoughts on the notebook. Otherwise it'll just be in our DMS. Um, okay. <laughs> so regarding the situation, PD Ian Jung explains some actors may feel apprehensive about idol turned actors referring to Yunnanhe. However, Kong Yu mm-hmm. said, I am the problem for myself. He said he wasn't in the position to discuss his co-stars acting. And that made me think this person is cool because Kong yeah. Yu didn't have an ego about working with Yunnanhe, who had just received a ton of flack for her acting in Princess Hours. Yeah. 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 And we see behind the scenes videos of Yun and Hei working so hard. Oh my gosh. She worked so hard because of that flack she was mm-hmm. getting. And I was watching the wrap up party videos where she goes outside and she's just crying her eyes mm-hmm. out. And people are coming to her like, you did such a good job. You did mm-hmm. like, we're so proud of you. It was it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And yeah. Kong Yu praised her. Even to this day, he maintains the reason I was able to become Choi Han Kyul was Go Eun-chan and Yoon Eun-hye. That's her character's name yeah. and then her real name. Yoon Eun-hye's passion yeah. made me feel embarrassed and helped me to grow. It made me wake up. Yes. Which is so interesting because that's what... I feel like that's what her... Like, to see her work so hard as an idol actor mm-hmm. because of that flack, and then to see her character also work so hard. Oh, mm-hmm. I could tell the moment he fell in love with her in the show. And it was so early on. Oh. oh. It was like, well, can I say it? Yeah, or you can, fine, later? fine, go ahead. Okay. It's a, the show is really old, 2006. It is old. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But he fell in love with her when he went to her house and he sees her schedule. And she, yes. And he's like, oh, yes. So she does this and this and this and karate and and walnuts and, mm-hmm. the, and milk. And he's just like, wow, this person is living so passionately. And that's when he starts falling mm. for her. Yeah, he starts appreciating him. her. 
Yeah. He understands yeah. her a bit more after that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. He doesn't have the full picture. No. But he no. understands her. <laughs> yeah. But seeing how her day is mapped out to the, you know, minute is really kind of blew him. Exactly. Yun and expressed her admiration for the drama, saying, After appearing on Coffee Prince, I no longer heard the term idol turned actress. It's the project that made me into an actress. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm getting really emotional about it because, you, I mean, knowing how her career turned out and how she struggled throughout her life and the different scandals and stuff, I feel like Coffee Prince has to be super special to her to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about is about Gong Yu. His here's a quote from him: "Coffee Prince is the project that revived my dying passion. I think I was healed through the drama. We became brighter and hotter together. That's why I think it's that much harder to forget everyone, and that's what makes this project that much more meaningful." Aww. I'm sorry. Yeah. So if you haven't watched Coffee Prince and you're listening to this, please just watch Coffee Prince. Okay. It's great. It's wonderful. It's great. I, th- I loved it. I, I mean, I don't know if I said my thoughts, but yeah, I loved it. I think I have some qualms that we could talk about in, this, in the spoiler section, certainly, but it is a top-tier drama, one of the best out there. It's why I watch K-drama, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's for these kinds of dramas. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Same. My number yeah. one drama. Oh, it's not my number one, but it's up there. So fun facts really quick. Yoon Eun Hye won Best Actress at the 44th Baeksang Awards. And so did Eun Jung, the director. Uh, she won Best New Director at the 44th Baeksang Awards. This has spawned remakes, of course. You've got remakes coming out of Coffee Prince coming out of Thailand, the Philippines, Malay, uh, Malaysia, and China as well. And then a couple of fun facts about the locations, because I feel like these are iconic locations. The Coffee Prince like store coffee shop was an old coffee shop in Hongdae which was remodeled for the filming the eponymous cafe was reopened after filming concluded uh, sorry reopened after filming concluded with the wallflowers painting by Han Yuju and other props from the drama on display I do not know if it is still there it's still there okay I visited it in 2015 oh my god tell me about the coffee prince (laughs) oh my god I did my whole pilgrimage to to the coffee shop. It was not good. Shut up. It was not good. Shut up. By that time, uh, yo, by that time, the the allure, like the allure of it. Yes, yes. It was gone. Oh, no. And it wasn't well maintained. I am curious to see if they've brought it back up because, you know, people are still watching the show. Right and want to visit but Holy yeah cannoli. at the time it wasn't that so good. eight years after the show it was no yeah. good it wasn't good it wasn't good oh my yeah. gosh it broke my heart oh my i but don't know I was how to still move on. so happy <laughs> oh, okay so wow so the seoul animation center at the foot of namsan in yejangdong jonggu that is the rooftop that was used as the exterior terrace for Hangil's house. And you can see this rooftop garden thoroughly from the scene in episode 17. But, I mean, there's so many scenes that are outside of his house, which yeah. is a beautiful terrace. Yo, Yo, let's talk about it. Because that was, 
what 2007 that was going to be my first apartment i was just <gasps> like if i ever build something it's gonna be chai hangil's apartment oh my god i sent you a floor plan of it that i drew <laughs> like no one could tell me nothing that was that was a beautiful apartment what a great location i was like this is luxury okay it is it's beautiful so those are some fun facts about Coffee Prince. Would you care to rank the drama? Sorry, rate the drama out of five soju bottles. <laughs> no, no, give me a face right now. You're like, please. <laughs> I'd rate it a five soju bottles, five. and I'll explain why as we go into the okay, no problem spoilers and whatnot. I think I'll give it a four, maybe four and a half. Oh, bottles. Yeah, no, you'll find out why. You'll find out why. I don't want to ruin it because I still really believe in the show. You feel me? Okay. But yeah, so we're going to talk spoilers for Coffee Prince right after this. Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're back in the spoiler section. We're going to talk spoilers for Coffee Prince. Carol, where would you... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. you like to start because I don't have very good notes for okay. the drama. I gotta be honest, I was just watching to watch basically. But <laughs> if you want to, I told you I was gonna lean on you. Did you wanna talk about anything specific right now? Let's talk about the easy ones, like the low hanging fruits okay, okay. that didn't have that much context. I'd love to first talk about um the relationship between Han Gil and Hansung, Ajishi, his cousin. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, do you want to do that first? Or are you just listing off some topics that you want to cover? I'll do that. Let's do that first. Okay. So, him and his, so Kong Yu's character and his cousin are in love with the same woman for the better part of a decade and the cousin was dating her for like nine years before she cheated mm -hmm. on him and moved abroad and the the whole show starts with her coming back to korea and he the cousin is really messed up about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then kong yu's just like hovering for a decade <laughs> and i don't know how to fit this is icky okay it is icky it is he icky was so annoying for that and he was so annoying for that super annoying and i cut you know we're coming from at it from not a, a korean perspective i felt that kong Yu's character was extremely inappropriate with her you know what i actually don't think so from a k-drama perspective really because even because thinking of like the conservative nature of korea i was like they are all over each other it's bizarre i'm only saying this because when you're looking at the dramas of that time uh -huh. it uh -huh. was very much we can be brothers we can love the same girl whoever wins wins 
it was very much no, like that. I just like, don't agree with that. I think what? it's so weird. I think uh, it's weird. I think it's weird for sure. But it was a thing in shows. When you look at my lovely Kim Samsoon, when you look at um, um, Lovers in Paris, mm. you had an uncle and a nephew who loved the same girl. When when you look at Cain and Abel, uh, Soji Stop it! And- Stop it! I'm. Uh, no one has ever brought up Cain and Abel to me. I fucking love that drama. Girl, it's me. I'm going to bring it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have had so many people on this show. I can. I, oh, my God. No one has ever. You've watched Cain and Abel. We are. I've watched Cain and Abel. We are one of the only people, I feel like, who have watched that. It's so good. It's so good. It is so good. With but you have. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But okay, so to your point, yes, they love the same woman, but it wasn't as, I don't know, but it, it wasn't like this younger dude who was is it hanging around this Nuna and she was, she was very flirtatious back to him. Maybe it was because there was like that still tension between them that she entertained his, his like fancies. Yes, okay. she entertained it, but I think that's just who she was. Well, and we that's have to talk about her, too, because exactly. I got issues with her, okay? I got major issues until okay. until she has her conversation with with cousin. I had major issues okay. with her. So, but look, going back to the cousins, yeah. I, so it happens twice to them because mm-hmm. Hankyul is in love with Yuju, Second female mm-hmm. lead, and then Han Song, the cousin, falls in love with Unchan. <laughs> so it's like a love square. Square. <laughs> and the cousins love the same women. Yeah, they just have a type. It's what can weird. we say? No, it's not t- they're like wildly different women. And I don't know what to say. Like, this, I don't think, would this fly today? I don't think it would fly today. Okay. I think that um, what you said about them being different women, Han Yuju was sort of like the ideal type of woman. Uh-huh, An uh-huh. artist, soft-spoken, uh-huh. gentle, um, a bit off, standoffish, but also warm. Like she kept you in. She was mysterious. She had that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Yun and He was just loud yeah, and vibrant and, and yeah open book and and something that made someone who made them really think about their lives mm-hmm. and what they're doing and oh, oh then i have a follow-up question yeah go ahead do you feel like these ladies were relegated to being the manic pixie dream girl mm, because i don't i i mean Keep going. Get like I'll just leave the question out there so you can ponder it. But I don't think so because um, Yunanhe had her own life, right, and right. her own arc, and she was very adamant and persistent in her arc. Mm-hmm. That she was so adamant that she ends up getting his support. Uh-huh. So, yes, um, 
yes, she was there to help him grow. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like he was there to, uh, once she realized her dreams and goals and whatnot, he was there to support her too. And uh-huh. yeah. yeah, and that was to me balance because you can't just always be the one taking. Yes. Yes, they bring up that imbalance way later in the show because it seems like we get a lot of their relationship. Like they get together pretty Mm -hmm. early in the show, which Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people might balk at that. They might be like, why did they get together so early in the show? We, It feels like maybe there's way less tension and stakes throughout the last few episodes. What do you mean like, they got together early? Yeah, Hankyul and Unchan got to, they were together for a few episodes at the end versus they get together at the end of the show. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. They did get together, yes, in episode I'd say officially twelve. Right. Yeah. So then the we have a bunch of episodes left. Like there's seventeen episodes. So they're together for a while and we get to see them grow together. We get to see them yeah. their relationship, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily like, even though I brought it up like Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I think thinking it through, you're absolutely right that they have sort of a balanced scenario here where he ends up supporting her dreams and he lets go of his, right? Yeah. Or he finds a new dream, so to speak. Yeah. But I think with her relationship with Ajashi is a bit of a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yes. She sort of she sort of flits out of his life in and out. She delivers milk. She plays with his dog. They have these like park dates and he's like sort of enamored with her and her outlook on yes. life and her zest and her zeal and her youth and I yes. think for for him it is a bit of a manic pixie dream girl scenario with I Untan, agree. But not with Han Gil's character or Kong Yu's character. No. We have strayed a little from the cousins. No, but, but the cousins, be- <laughs> what did you specifically <laughs> want to talk about with the cousins? I absolutely loved how they spoke to each other. Oh, really? Okay. There was, yes, because there, there was a scene where um, he's talking about his frustrations with Han Yuju, the cousin, uh-huh. talking about his frustration with Han Yuju, and Choi Hangyul is like, that's because you want to cage her. You want to. I love that oh. scene. Okay, that's early. That's pretty that early. That is early. On. Yeah, in and, the show. And that's when it. That's when the show became a different show for me because I'd never seen that before. Having that call in of saying you're being an asshole. This is what you're doing. This yes. is she is a person of her own. I was like, damn, okay, okay, let's go. That was in episode four, and what the cousin says is that he can't get used to her again. Yes, and Kong Yu says that's because you're trying to tame her. Her wildness yes. is her appeal. Exactly. And then uh, he reads like a quick headline. The the cousin reads a headline in an art magazine that says she doesn't want to get married. Which mm-hmm. compounds the issue because he does want to get married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough to, to like for that guy, for their relationship, the second relationship with him and the second female lead. I, it's very interesting to see how 
Kong Yu understands her better than he does. Yeah. Yeah. And Kong Yu's like, don't try to change her. That's because the way she is. Because he's feeling the same thing. Right. He's feeling the same things where he feels like everyone is trying to change him into something he doesn't want to mm. be. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's... How do I put this? I feel like this is too smart of a thing for men to actually realize and say out loud. <laughs> Yo, Yo, don't try to change her. Her wildness is her appeal. Yes, she's sort of like a cat. She comes and goes when she wants. She has these flirtations. She has these like trysts now and then. That's part of her. That's why you like her is that she's sort of unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like, the show was ahead of its time. And I'm time. like, it look, made- I, there's no way that a man would say that <laughs> in real life. No shade. But, but no shade to men. But I have never heard such a profound thing. Yeah. And Kong Yu's supposed to be 29 years old, right? Exactly. In the show. Uh no way in hell is a 29-year-old coming through with that, like, nugget for his 32-year-old cousin to, yeah. to get over his complex with his long-standing girlfriend who he wants to marry. Yeah. And it's like, well, why do you even... <sighs> yeah. What do you think about that? I just threw, like, a little zinger in there because... <laughs> it's, like, it's, very that's much, it's very much giving... Throughout the show, it's very much giving man written by a woman yes that's what i was just about to say that's why the show is written by a woman because they also have um an opportunity for hansung the cousin to say something a nugget like that to hangyeol when hangyeol is like what's wrong with paying my girl's debt like why is she mad at me this is later in the show (laughs) Yeah. He serves it back to Gong Yu's character. That's right. And you see and you see Gong Yu's character be like, oh, oh my gosh, I've been so dumb. Of course you're right. And that's what I really appreciated about their friendship is they could challenge each other and uh-huh. the way they think without the other person bulking and saying, oh, I'm going to do it my way, F you, and and all of that. So you could see that they respected each other Mm. and they listened to each other. And yeah, so I love their friendship. I think what you're referring to is episode 16. Yes. When the cousin says, the moment a man makes a woman his, the man wants that woman to live according to his wishes. But just just because he's won her over, can he force her to do as he wants? Exactly. Only could be written by a woman. There is no no way in hell that this was written by a man thinking that a man would say this out loud. It's a bit preachy. It's everything a woman would want to hear. And us two women sitting here talking about it, 110% we're eating it up. You can see us eating it up right now. So, I mean, my criticism is... I guess is it forced upon the characters to say this or do you do you feel like it rings hollow because it's sort of detached and unrealistic for a man to muse about a woman's role in society or do you feel like it works? I think it works and I think it works because Hansung's character is 
came off cousin came off as such a wise a wiser person mm. who is in tune with people's emotions not always his own mm. so he definitely had anger issues very very <laughs> typical <laughs> um, he had anger issues he had a lot of ego and pride they both did mm. but to see them grow past it and let go of their ego and be like, yo, I just, I just need you. I just want you. Um, because at the end of the day, you find that both of them are very private about their relationships. It's just me and her. You, mm. you hear him many times saying, um, oh, this is just what happens between Honey or Jew and me. It's like we've been going at this for 10 years. We'll yeah. be all right. Right. You know, we'll um, work it out. So, yeah, we'll work it out. Um, but that doesn't mean that they will make stupid decisions. <laughs> they won't make stupid decisions, yeah. sorry. And they won't say bad things, but they have each other to draw them in. Uh. I'm a little, um, with Hangil's character, I'm like, you're too wise because. <laughs> You don't have any friends. You don't I have guess. a. So Uncle is like a shut in. Yeah, like and your job is just you. Let's just you talk just about like, Uncle first. That's Gong Yu's character, right? I don't believe this man exists, right? Obviously, like man written by women and all that, but the way that they created this character, we first see him on the plane back to Seoul and he's flirting aggressively with his seat partner, playing cards with her. And he's like smiling, he's chumming it up with her. And then when she's like, let me get your number. She wants to contact him and stay in touch after he's like, why would we do that? And like shuts her down. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh my God, he's bitches. So, and then he's sort of mean in the first few episodes. Yeah. Right. And then you come to find out that he's actually a little teddy bear inside and he's really sweet and sort of like a golden retriever boyfriend, which is all fine and good. Then you find out what he did in New York for the past few years. I thought, oh, he's just romping around in New York, like eating shit and doing whatever he wants on his table, like dime, right? Because he's rich, his family's rich. No, 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 no. He was working freelance for a toy company for a few years, trying to get enough like uh, clout to actually get a job as a toy designer, working on like yeah. Legos, it looked like, but they didn't say they yeah. were Legos, they were some other company, whatever. Does Lego know that they did that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then when she goes into the room finally, that's in his penthouse apartment, that he doesn't let her go in initially. They go in and I'm like, what the actual fuck? It is a room full of Legos and a giant, yeah. um, what's it called? Like a play space that's like immaculately detailed. It looks like a medieval like yeah. space. It's one of those things that people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to create a custom Dungeons and Dragons like thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was you like, know, I think this is really, I did not expect that they would take it in this direction. And for some reason, I completely blanked, blocked it from my memory on the rewatch. So when the rewatch hit, 
and I was I was watching this scene. I was like, you're joking. You're joking. This man is sitting in here playing with toys by himself. Because because he is an only child. That's the first thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, he had issues with his parents. So with his dad, to be specific. Uh-huh. So he's he's trying to make sense of his world. Um, I don't think I don't think it was strange that he was playing Lego only because I felt like he had this facade for his family, ah. whether it was his grandma or his mom. He always had this play, playful, outgoing facade. And when he was by himself, he was more reclusive. It was really Gonchan's character who made uh-huh. him talk more and, and, and pushed his emotional boundaries. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, when he's not around people, he's just by himself. Uh-huh. And I, I think get, that I get the recluse. It, I get I get that he doesn't yeah. have any friends. I get that he has this issue with his dad. I understand he's got daddy issues. I understand he's not really close with his dad and that he wanted to get away and do his own thing and find his own dream and making toys was something he could do in his own. Yeah. And that's what he says later on in the show. I get all that. It's literally the shock of she's like, what's in the room? (laughs) And they go in and it is this entire play space. That is yeah. not even, I, I was questioning the level of the play space. Because I was like, okay, why is this entire game board that's the size of the room on the floor? Why can't he put it on like a custom table that's closer to like chair height that he can play and like not be huddled over on the floor with like some pillows and stuff for comfort? I was, I was like, look. I'm all for creating a space that's your own and having this hobby, having this passion, whatever. I was like, he's rich. Let's take it up a notch. Like, let's like level up. (laughs) But it wasn't about the setup. It was more so about he's still a child. I know. I, you know, I agree with you and I understand what you're saying. Maybe it's just me that I'm like, if I was Untan and I, Mm -hmm. never mind that I have nowhere near the same background as Intent. If I walked in and I saw this, I would have been like, first of all, what the fuck? Second of all, <laughs> get me a chair and I want a cushion and I don't want to sit on the floor and I'm going to order you a nice table to put this thing on because I am not going to get in scoliosis playing with you in this Lego room, okay? <laughs> I feel like your expectations are high for a bachelor who <laughs> doesn't right. want to work. You're right. Who did not design his space himself. His grandma did. Like, he just shows up. You got a point. Guys, yeah. Guys, you go into guys' places. True. He does keep it pretty clean. So I'm not far off from, like, you know. Maybe he's just an orderly person. But you'll go to a guy's house and all he'll have is his computer chair. No, no, stop. Stop. Because this is a running joke. This is a running joke in just society, right? <laughs> that they'll have like a mattress on the floor and a really nice game console and a TV with a wire still like sticking all over the place. And they'll be like, welcome. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Get your life in order. Get a freaking bed frame. 
Exactly. Like, ugh. I love that running joke, though. I do. And I've seen it myself a few times. <laughs> so I know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. It he's, is very he's scary. He's not at that level, though. He's not at that level. He's way above no. that level. Okay. That's he's true. got furniture. He's got food in the house. He's got dining chairs. He cooks. He cooks. Okay. Like, I'm I'm not far off from, like, coming in here and being like, this is bare minimum. Let's level up. Okay. Well, wasn't it the same in House of Cards? Did you ever watch House no, of Cards? No, I never watched House of Cards. The okay. American or the remake. The American one. The oh, guy God. had a whole... Um, what's what's the war in the war between the North and South in America? Uh, the I'm Civil in Canada. War. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Canada. Yeah, that one. I'm in Canada. Um, okay, but sorry. I'm saying Civil War. Civil War. <clears throat> yeah, he had a whole toy oh, no. setup thing that he was always playing with, and it was on the floor. Ah, que no, que no, no me diga. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're telling me Kevin Spacey was on the floor. Yes, Kevin Spacey. That's right. him. Well, yeah. Let's not get into Kevin Spacey at the moment, but okay. Oh, that's a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we just cursed on the show. <laughs> we mentioned Kevin Spacey. Sorry, uh, guys. Okay, so that's Hankyul, Kong Yu's character. He's got he's got a lot going on, but I would say that I didn't like the whole drama with his dad. Which I thought was very simple to understand. Then they complicated it because they were like, he's an illegitimate child. That's what he believes. And that's not his real mom. And his dad had an affair and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Come to mm-hmm. find out, he's just some other kid. Like they had friends that fell in love and then he was born out of wedlock or something. No, no, they were married and then they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And then his mom died in a, in a mm-hmm. car accident. And then he was in an orphanage and the dad who moved to Australia just like fucked off and didn't care about his child. Mm-hmm. And then he was adopted by his current family. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it's, yeah. it's so annoying to me that they. Is it? Yes. I found it so annoying and that they okay. were trying to derive drama out of it. And I was like, mm. this is not where the drama, this is not where the drama is at, you know? Mm-hmm. It's lack of communication and <laughs> the good old, you know, guys who are stoic, like the dad never actually saying anything. And I, and I in part understood him because this is the child of his first love. He's not going to every day be like, yo, this is my first love when he's married this woman. And unfortunately, so messed up. It's so messed it's up. It's too messed it up. It is so messed up. It is too messed up. But I think the mom character is more loving than yeah. necessary. <laughs> more loving In than that necessary? Situation. In that situation. Like, uh-huh. how are you bringing your first loves? You just can't get over her. Your husband's first love had a child, died. Now you're going to raise your husband's first love's child? Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Come on. Come on. It's a lot. It's a stretch. It's such a stretch. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's... Yeah. As much as they wanted to... And then they kept... It felt like they just kept 
adding to the drama versus taking away. Like, I'm like, just simplify. He has daddy issues. We're done. I don't think, <laughs> I think it could have been enough where the dad was just ill prepared to raise yeah. a child. Maybe he has issues of his own and they had to work it out versus mm. he's raising his first love's child. And mm-hmm. the dad, the biological dad coming back, I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, it was not good. I did not appreciate the biological dad. What a... Wh- How- <sighs> Talk to me. Talk to me. I I did not appreciate that scene because I'm just like, what do you want? Right. Why are you, why are you back here? And I think they used it as a way to tell him the truth of his, you know, origin story. Um, but I didn't care for it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you have a brother. And I was just like, ugh, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. And I don't think they, it wasn't that important because the same way he struggled with his um, sexuality and and family and found family, you don't see him struggle with this whole dad situation. So it's not that important. It's not that important. I do appreciate how Goen Chan supported him in it. Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) But... but. (laughs) Come on. I don't care. I don't care. He didn't seem to mind. It was yeah. it was a lot for him, but he seemed to take it in stride and exactly. just felt like a waste of time. And the drama yeah. is sitting pretty at 17 episodes. So to me, if this was made today, this would be 12 episodes. They would cut down so much of that crap. They would cut That's down true. on the mom, like Gonchan's mom. And yes. the neighborhood butcher who have like an on and off again, like every conversation they have, I'm like, it's the same conversation, <laughs> literally yes. the same conversation every time that he has a crush on her. He wants to marry her. Why isn't she giving him the time of day? And it's just nothing conversations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would have been yeah. cut. The whole drama with Konchan's mean little bratty sister and um, entitled. Guy- oh, my God. Entitled little bitch. I hated her for so much of the show. And then her with Minyom. I hated the way she treated him. She treated him like shit. Like shit. So every time they were together and she was demanding things and he was smitten over her and would do anything she she wanted. I was sick of it. It happened so much. So if this was 12 episodes made today, all of that would be cut down or gone entirely. Uh, So many things would be taken out. Like, the whole drama also, <laughs> I hated this, of Kim Jae-wook's character, Songki, him oh. and the, the Japanese lady or something that he fell yeah. in love with, but she was married in an abusive relationship, and then she escaped to Korea, and he followed her to Korea, and he was stalking her, his, her son or something in the daycare, and he was yeah. like, where do you live? And I was like, what yeah. is this? what is this and then she packs up and leaves she kept warning him like stop coming by here i don't want to deal with you yeah and even if i like you a little bit it's not that much it's not that serious why are you here exactly (laughs) and she just up and leaves leaves like doesn't tell her doesn't tell him where she's going because so kim jay-wook's drama another hindrance of the show i was skipping most of that shit i mean the list goes on for different things that I don't care about. Yeah. You know. So that's a major qualm with the show for me. Yeah. Because we got 17 episodes. 
and you're not just watching Kong Yu and Yunnhae. You're watching all of these characters and their various idiosyncrasies, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. And maybe that makes me a bad person, or maybe it just makes it really obvious on rewatch what I care and don't care about in stories, and what is the meat, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. keep eating, you know, breadsticks all episode. I want to fill up on the main course, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, they they were the main course. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. I think... I feel bad because I feel like we've gotten to the part of the episode where I'm just like shitting on this show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I feel bad. I think bad. that because they had 17 episodes, they got to show a little bit about everybody's life. Was that necessary? I don't know. But does that make them memorable at this time? Absolutely. When you think of... Kim Jae-wook, you do think of his character in Coffee Prince. Um, each person had a distinct story to them that you remember, right? Mm. Um, the co-founder of the Coffee Prince, I felt like his story with his love life was okay. there to uh-huh. Uh-huh. to show and to like be a lesson to Choi Hangyeol and Sunki. I liked his love story and the way that he told it was very well done because he does yes. it on the rooftop and this is after Kong Yu's character has found up. out the jig is up like he knows that Unchan is a, is a girl and he's really oh my gosh that is that moment is one of my favorite lines in the show when he says something along the lines of Yes, I know I'm angry, but when I think about it, can I live without this person? Perspective. That, that, yo, perspective Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. forgiveness and letting it go so Mm -hmm. that you can move to the next stage. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I thought it was a very good use of that story from, Mm -hmm. what was it, Hong Chan, Mm -hmm. The, the other co-owner or something of the coffee prince he was very good at inserting some much needed perspective throughout the show but that scene was amazing for him i didn't Mm -hmm. like how they thought that was juicy enough to bring around in the final episode where he (laughs) meets that first love again the one who ditched him and was like really bad to him and she's married and has a kid and all this stuff and i'm like we don't need this we do not need this that was a standalone thing in an earlier episode we don't need it so that's what i mean by there was a lot of little things that added up and i just didn't like some of these side stories that didn't need to be side stories it could have just been a really cool monologue instead of like oh now we have to find out what happened to him and his first love did we need to circle back on that no no we did not i agree uh (laughs) um let me see i also that character hong hong Mm -hmm. that dude was disgusting i don't know how he lived i don't know how he lived (laughs) See, it made sense that Filth. he was on the floor. Filth. <laughs> because he was, in episode one, he was like picking his nose. And I was like, weird, ew. And then he kept doing really gross hygiene things. 
the towel that he used on no, his... No, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> I was like, this is nasty. And then him picking, like, some gum off the glass in Coffee Prince uh, and then, like, uh, putting it in his mouth and stuff. He was disgusting. A cesspool. He was. He was. A cesspool. So... Uh, that's a side note for that guy because I was like, I don't think they would ever make such a gross dude in a yeah. current drama. I don't yeah, know why they no. made this guy so repulsive. <laughs> it was not, I was not laughing. But he was really good at his job, though. True, true. And then I couldn't tell if it was real or not because the way they shot it, I was like, did he really just do that? Like, take a towel... <laughs> And like clean the toe cheese out from his feet and then clean his teeth with the same towel. The shot is unbroken. So I'm convinced that they made him do all these nasty things over and over (laughs) again for the take. It's nasty. I can't imagine it. It's so gross. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So let's talk really quick about the meat cute and then we can talk about the whole tension of them falling in love and some great scenes that we have. Okay. Yeah. So she's really poor. She's living paycheck to paycheck. She's a delivery driver. She's a Taekwondo instructor. She's peeling chestnuts. She's sewing eyes on little plushies and it's all menial work. And her mother is an overspender. She's spending a hundred dollars on shoes that they can't afford. Mm -hmm. It's really messed up. Mm-hmm. But she delivers food to Kong Yu's penthouse apartment. Ooh. And ooh, he is about it. nearly naked. <laughs> he's just in a towel. And he's sitting on a, ca- on a couch using a smaller towel to wipe the shower, the water off of his legs. And she looks up his towel <laughs> as he's drying himself and definitely sees him naked. I got got questions, though, because why? First of all, he gets out of the bathtub because he's taking a bath (laughs) full of soap. (laughs) It's like a bubble bath. He gets out still covered in soap suds. Okay, that was wild. And I was like, he's a maniac. (laughs) He's a maniac (laughs) because he cuts out of the shower. He's like on the phone or something. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to get back in the bath? I was so confused. And then he starts drying himself off, just puts a towel on with soap still on his body. And I was like, somebody was call 911 so, because he needs help. That was uncalled for. I was like, who does that? And then she shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, just leave the food there at the front table. Yeah. And I'm like, who the hell takes delivery in a towel still covered in? in soap suds and i will say it was so k-drama it was so (laughs) k-drama i don't think it was k-drama because sometimes it's crucial listen i was sick a couple of months ago what are you telling me what are you telling me carol let me just finish let me just finish i was sick (laughs) that's the context i was sick and i put it on my instagram and this person I hadn't worked with in like four years was like, hey, I have some antibiotics. I will get you. I will bring it to you. And she told me she'll come at 12. So I'm in the shower. I'm washing my hair. I have I'm black. I have like 
4C hair. And she's, <laughs> I'm washing my hair and I get a text. Hey, I'm here. She was two hours early. Oh. And she was on her way to drop her sis- her daughter off at a birthday party. So I'm like, ooh, I got to go. So I just put on my shower cap. I put on my robe. I ran downstairs. <laughs> and there was Stop. like conditioner all over me. So you know what? It happens. It happens. But I was just he, like. How do I put it? He. <laughs> No, he didn't even. He it did wasn't not like, it, care. He did not care because he was already out of the bath exactly. before she ever knocked on the door. Yeah. He didn't care. Okay. He's, I he's was a surprised villain. that he was. Villain. <laughs> because of what? <laughs> First of all, he had a studio. So it was just one big space. It was an extended bathroom. Okay. With a couch. So. He was no, just but then wiping. he's kind of tickled by the fact that she get, she looked at him or I he know. because at this point he thinks that delivery driver is a man. He's like, oh, did he see something that he liked? I think that was around the line that he said. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, this man is out of bounds, out of bounds because <laughs> that is so. <sighs> he's playful. He's so open, and he's so open and playful tickled by the fact that she she might have seen something or he might have seen something i was like oh my god i would like i don't know if this is just a man thing or what like if you are one of these people that is okay with this scene and would be the kong yu's character do this reaction have this this play out and you're perfectly fine with it please talk to me because i want to know what kind of personality you have and <laughs> I don't know if it's just a personality thing. I'd love to know. Um, her meet cute with the second male lead, which is our cousin, Aww. is really good. I think this is the better meet cute, to be quite honest with you, because I she, I know, she delivers milk to his house every morning and she's on the other side of the gate of the gate at his house. And he has got a giant sheepdog named Terry. Which I love the name Terry for a dog. <laughs> Terry is like a human name. And she's petting the dog. She's playing with the dog. She's awooing the dog. She's like, oh, trying to get the dog to howl with her. And it's so charming. Yeah. And she tells the dog, oh, like, get your owner, get your dad to come out and, you know, have some fresh air or something. And he hears her talking to the dog and being really good to the dog. And she leaves, and all he catches is, like, a glimpse of her leaving on her bike. Yeah. And I was like, this is a really good me cute. It is. And I think that it's especially fascinating because his introduction to her is a girl because he Uh heard her voice. Uh While um, in Chan, let's talk about it for a second. During those times, all the jobs she was doing were for men. So because she passed as a guy, she was able to get those jobs. Mm -hmm. And so you could see in their head the, um, what is it? I don't want to say prejudice, but they already have those linked images. to Yeah. yeah, Oh, delivery. Guy. Oh, this. Guy. 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 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And for him to see her as a woman first, I was like, oh, this is so cute. This is perfect. Yeah, it's really cute. And 
I love that later on she he meets her outside the wine bar. Yeah, where she's like temping for a night, and she gets the Struggling. gender of the dog wrong. I thought this was such a great touch because she goes, she thought it was a girl dog. Yeah, and he goes, oh, it's a boy, and she's like, oh, dang, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a girl, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wait, wait a, I guess inside joke, I guess. Yeah, it's good. I like that little nice touch. But then they enter here and Gong. Kong Yu entered into contract relationship. She plays his fake boyfriend. He doesn't believe her when she gives her ID number and it has a 13 in it, which signifies that she's a female. He's like, no, 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 give me your real ID number. (laughs) See? But that's what I mean by he already had his preconceived notions of what a girl should look like and what a guy looks like. I know. It's crazy. But I did, I thought I took a step back when I think there's a moment where she's talking about payment and she wants payment for every little thing of skinship that he does to her mm-hmm. on these blind dates. So she's like, um, what does a handhold cost? It should be cost this, uh, uh, this cost this. If you touch me here, it costs this. And then she stops short of the kissing price. And mm-hmm. he follows that up with, what if I rape you? And I was like, what? I was like, did I read that wrong? Wait, what? Yes. Yes. No, I got to look that up. This is episode what? two. Episode two. He says that to her in a playful tone because she stopped short of kissing. Then he, I guess he thought this would be funny if I follow this up and tease her about what if I rape her. And I was like, oh, oh. Wait, did, I, did he say sleep with you or did he actually say rape you? The translation on Vicky was rape stop it yes okay that just brought it down for me and then in that same episode he parks his mini cooper in the middle of two spaces two parking spaces like he parks on the line and i was like red flag red flag (laughs) like if i don't i don't know how to drive so i'm just like oh my god carol you do not park in the middle of two spaces, okay? That's okay. just not, that's asshole behavior. And so those two things taken together, I was like, is there other stuff that I'm missing that I don't remember happened that are super red flaggy for this guy? Oh my gosh, now yeah. you're going to make me watch this again. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't see this. And then he manhandles her so much throughout the show. He does. Like that just I yanking like her so around yeah. and oh, let's go talk. And he grabs her wrist and like yanks her out. I'm like, oh, this stuff is really annoying and sort of dated and uncomfortable yeah. to watch. So all of those things were early, right? Well, those two things yeah. and then the manhandling happened throughout. I have an episode four. This is my note. I swear all these guys are gay. <laughs> this is my note because <laughs> I said I have like receipts too because at the first team dinner that they have Minyom that unfortunately the actor that died that character gets drunk and kisses Jaewook Kim Jaewook on the back of his head and then the other guy Kim Dongwook that guy that's his real name in real life he sucks on his toe. And then he kisses Kongyu. He kisses Kongyu on the head, smothers the old man, uh, Kim Jang Changwan. That's the real actor's name. 
And then he kisses Yunhe, Yunhe, on the lips. Yeah. And presumably, yeah. all of these guys are straight. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> all these guys queer, okay? Like, this is not... I mean, what do you feel about that? I feel like they're blending the... the as much as the show talks about explicitly, like, the homosexuality, I feel like the show is just gender bending and a fluid sexuality all around. Yeah. I think it was, let me see, um, 20, 2007. I'm going to age myself okay, it's okay. for a moment. Don't worry about it. So please forgive me. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So 2007 was the first time I had heard the name, the term metrosexual. Really? Okay. Yes. And I just had to look it up again, the definition. Right. Relating to or denoting men who live in urban areas, enjoy shopping, fashion, and similar interests traditionally associated with women or gay men. I think that there was, there seemed to be a lot of representation of that in mm. the show with with Sungi, the waffle guy. And, yeah. Um, and then uh... just the way they spoke. Mm. Um, but I also think that without saying, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it because growing <laughs> up, I would see guys like hold hands and, and do stupid shit, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which now we would put definitions on, uh-huh. which uh-huh. we didn't back in the day. Does and you know what? Sense? Maybe that's my hang up is that I feel like there's definitions for things now yeah. That happened throughout the show, and they didn't put any labels on anything throughout the show. Exactly, exactly. Labels. That's right. that's the word. Yeah. Um, so I didn't find it weird because I also went to a boarding school. Oh, okay. For for three years, so I was in a boarding school, and. It was a mixed school, but you had separate quarters for the guys and the girls. But you heard and you saw this shit all the time. <laughs> and so, okay. I, so you're I a little desensitized. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't desensitized, but okay. I, it was more so I didn't have a label. It's it looked right. normal to right. me. Right. Right. I don't. I don't know what's right or wrong in this case to put a label on it or to just leave it the way it is. It is what uh, it is. I, I, I think it is what it is, is yeah. what I prefer. Okay. Because I think labeling has become a little too political. Absolutely. That's what I'm say. Yeah. Um, episode four, they go play basketball. Oh. <laughs> and um, shirtless Kong Yu will always be top tier, like, K drama to me because. They go, they like ditch work one day because it's slow at the coffee prints and they go play basketball. Kong Yu starts to chew them out, starts to reprimand them. And then he's like, I'll play you for whatever. I don't even know how they get to the baseball. I'm sorry, basketball. But A++ scene that follows it up because after the basketball, they sort of, they come together as a group, right? Of like, you talk about found family earlier. Now the guys are even closer after 
doing this like basketball scene. I don't know how Yun and Hei kept it together because they're like <laughs> dripping in sweat and Kong Yu's got his shirt like wide open and I'm like I can't even handle this and I'm sitting in an air conditioned room in 2023 so I don't <laughs> I don't know how she was there to do it. Because she had not come into her like sexuality no, like girl. she's not oh my god we have to talk about that too um yeah but anyway so then they follow the basketball scene up with the fountain scene Ooh, friend talk about style it. and they make like a pack like oh let's fight fighting fighting we're gonna do well at the coffee prince let's make three times uh our investment or whatever it was that gong yu promised the grandmother and yeah. they throw a coin in this giant fountain and then they all jump in the fountain yeah it looks like so much fun so refreshing i'm not even bothering with the fact that they're in a public fountain romping around i don't even care i'm like this is top like this is cinema you know what i'm saying like (laughs) and the needle drops throughout the show i wasn't concerned at all with the ost i was concerned with the music that they had licensed just music that was not created Mm. for the show specifically and they had Mm -hmm. songs like this will be everlasting love from natalie cole which i'm like how much did they pay for that and then they had on the the fountain scene you and me song from the wannadies yeah oh my god i love that song so much so really fun sequences that kind of stick in your brain they don't Mm -hmm. have much to do with the plot at all this is just like music video fodder but i Mm -hmm. love it i I love love it it. yeah (laughs) so um i don't know if you had any other scenes before we get to she turns into a girl for a night yes i loved when they went um when they went to like the team event where Gongyu is selling apples or something like that. Okay, yes, the orchard. That whole yeah, the orchard. That whole scene where they work together, collect the apples, and then they go into the water. And Minhyup is like, "No, no, you're a girl." <laughs> he was so cute. He was so cute when he found out yeah. she was a girl. Um, so I loved that, and I also loved when the guys were living together and just how deplorable it deplorable. was deplorable <laughs> and is, how you yeah i mean how i thought i thought see. it was worse than the like the parasite basement yo house. it was worse i was like this it is was worse. worse yeah but you could see their personalities in that space with sungi like being <laughs> super clean and he had his like mosquito coil he's like <laughs> Yes, it's good. It was it was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She gets a makeover. Ooh, ooh, K drama trope. Um, she gets Mm -hmm. a makeover for the art exhibition that she goes to with Ajashi cousin. I forgot how horrendous she looks when she leaves the house and he picks her up. Oh my gosh! I I, wipe that out of my memory. (laughs) I don't know how they let her leave the house like that. Yo, they don't like her. (laughs) Like the mom. Let me just say, because of the way she left the house to go to the art exhibition, I think her mother and her little sister hate her. There is no way that they should have let her step foot looking like that. She looked like a clown. She did. She literally looked like a clown. And so he takes her to get spruced up and get a change of clothes and everything. And she comes down looking amazing. 
and I love she falls down the stairs not fully she just like skips a step and he catches her from falling and it's so she's all that it hurts <laughs> like I'm like oh my god <laughs> a dream sequence yeah it's uh it's good and then obviously hijinks because Kong Yu ends up attending the art exhibition instead of you know her just being there incognito she's now trying to avoid Kong Yu and all stuff yeah it's great mm-hmm. and he doesn't recognize her at all I like at all Do you know because <sighs> that was a bit unbelievable for me uh, yeah yeah um but I'm just like, wow, are we so like, how strongly do we believe what we believe and do not challenge our thoughts mm. at all? Are you talking about suspension of disbelief or are you yeah, just talking about? No, for the, him. Oh, for him. Okay. For him. And even for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm seeing A and that's A. And now you're telling me it's B. And I'm like, no, that's A. Like, <laughs> Come on, guy. Open your eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's a um, blind, he's, just completely blind to her. Yeah. In episode six, he is already, I mean, he already likes her. He's already, already bothering her at work. And just like a school kid with a crush, he's like ordering her around. She's getting frustrated. She blows her bangs up. Like she does like... <sighs> thing with her bangs and he's like why don't you stop doing that i need you to stop he's so hot and bothered he's so hot and bothered and he aggressively drags her up to the rooftop and he got like he's so hot and bothered he looked like he got a fever he's just like yeah can i hug you and she's super uncomfortable and she backs away from him and he says it's just like when they were doing the blind dates come on he doesn't bite but he doesn't wait for her consent he just yeah. grabs her and pulls her in for the hug. And I was like, mm, okay, yeah. not not my favorite. But he's doing it to gauge his physical reaction to the hug to see if he's mm-hmm. attracted to her. Mm-hmm. Because earlier he had hugged Yudu, the second female lead, and was like, oh, thank God, I'm still straight. Because I guess he felt something. So <laughs> he does it to her, Untan. And I love their reactions to after the hug. Yeah. Because she's like, like shook and like <laughs> grabbing the wall and shit to keep keep up. And he does the same. And he's just like clutching his heart like, oh, shit. You know? I think that was the first time for her to sort of recognize that she feels different. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the feelings may be strong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Grandma gets sick with stage four stomach cancer (laughs) around episode seven. And they did absolutely nothing with the stomach cancer. Nah. Like that was just a nothing. Almost a given that the elderly character would get sick. Yeah. So I didn't like that. I feel like that was half-baked. And, okay, do you have thoughts on that? You're thinking about it. I'm just thinking about the sequences of that. And I think they put it in there to show just how much Hangul adores the women in his family. Oh. Because for grandma and mom, that guy would burn the earth for those two women. Mm. 
So to, to get to see him obsess over her and his mom mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. be like an adorable baby for them. Um, and for me, I'm just like, okay, yes, he loves them, but is he also overcompensating because his dad is lacking? Ooh, I got nothing to add to that. We're going to move on because that was a really <laughs> um, so Episode eight, she uh, gets a kiss. She gets kissed by the cousin at his house. Oh, another iffy area. Iffy, yeah. iffy, iffy. Mm-mm-mm. I did not. It's very surprising, and I could see why she just ran out the house. Yeah. Because there was no provocation. He just, like, came up on her. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously no consent or anything. And I was like, ooh. Then, later on in the episode, she's over at Kong Yu's house. And he says, you're gay, right? I'm not. So stop trying to seduce me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, bruh, it's not that simple. I was like, babe. <laughs> let me, and let me he, borrow the notebook line. It's not that simple. It's, it's not, not that, that simple. And then he comes up with that sworn brothers thing with the young name thing Uh, and then they get that he gets their ears pierced as like their sworn brothers oath i don't even know okay 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 but that brings up what we just we talked about earlier about you know not having labels and all these things being normal uh, uh. and so he's trying to like find normal Uh for him uh and and make it seamless without actually saying or accepting that he has stronger feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, I think this is, I have notes for episodes 9 through 12, but The Night at the Beach. Oh. Get out. Get out. <laughs> this is the, oh my God, this is K-drama crack. This is the crackiest of crack. Um she there's like walking on the beach and she sort of goads him like what do you like about me which part of me do you find pretty of course i like you dot 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 as a sworn brother and she is really testing this man okay that was just kind of rude of her i thought because she knows what he thinks of her and she's still really flirty really like cannot keep it together does she know though? Because you know she did. She does say that I never. Like, how can you look at me and say you like me? She, she had some major. No, girl, we'll get to it because this is part of these sets okay. of episodes. Because okay. I feel like it's we have to talk about the whole Inchan being like a doe-eyed deer in headlights through the whole thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, he holds her hand. And intertwines the hands as lovers do. And then they watch. She's like, let's stay and watch the sunrise. And they spend the night mm-hmm. out on the beach. And mm-hmm. she puts her head on his lap like she saw him do with you do the second female. She was earlier. definitely testing him. Testing she was wrong him. for that. And then, right. I'm like, girl is really testy. So then he gives her his cardigan. Real cute. Because it's, I guess, chilly up on the beach. I live in Florida. We don't got that. And then <laughs> it's hot. Like, take we have no cardigans at the beach. So as she's sleeping, he spoons her, spoons, spoons with her. And I love this scene. It's very 
complicated, like complicated, yeah. right? So he's cupping her hand in his and he's just crying as he kisses her head and he looks just terrified at the yeah. realization that he loves a man and he's yeah. trying to reconcile this feeling. He goes missing for three days after the scene because he's just wrecked. He's spiraling. He has having an identity crisis. You even have a mirror scene at his place after where he's like puts the shaving cream on his face and he's looking yeah. at himself in yeah. the mirror and he's just like smears the mirror with shaving cream. Exactly. Like he doesn't even want to look at himself. And he struggled. He's and struggling. I felt yeah. 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 Um, what did you think of the beach scene and sort of the aftermath of that? It was very I loved it. It was very cute. It was very poignant. Yeah. Um I think that the aftermath though was <laughs> immature yes <laughs> i was thinking that too because let's just put it in perspective he's almost 30 yeah yes he's having a sexual identity crisis he loves a man mm-hmm. but for him to go awol for three days and he's a business owner and mm-hmm. just leaves the coffee shop unattended for three days nope not receiving any calls this is like teenager behavior It is. And that comes with the immaturity of not having friends. You're building your own Legos. You think it's because he doesn't have friends? Okay. Okay. There's that. I don't think he has a lot, apart from his cousin, Hmm. a lot of interaction, meaningful relationships with people. Uh I thought it was very unfair to understand just how much work meant to her and what she could do for her family and to take that away. Mm. So to lash out on her, I was pissed. Yeah, because he kept saying every other episode, he was like, you're fired, you're done. Yeah, like you don't play people like a yo-yo. It was very annoying to watch. But I also understood him because he was in Mm. an era of we don't go to therapists. Oh, See no. how he struggled to go yes. to the psychiatrist. And, um, and, and the psychiatrist was process. a dismal. Yes. That was a bad, I was like, that this was is a, a bad terrible scene. portrayal of therapy and going to a psychiatrist. And yeah. the psychiatrist yeah. was like, how long have you been having fantasies of dressing as a woman and thoughts of doing this? And I'm like, what? The Completely hell? wrong. Yeah. Completely yeah. wrong. Did um, and I was like, but was like, you'll be fine in a few days if you just take this medication. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That was the problematic, Ooh. really problematic moment for me, um, because it's almost like you're saying, pray the gay away. So take in a sense, it, yeah, it or medicate go. the gay yeah, away. medicate the gay yeah. away. And that was that was crossing the line for me. However, I want to recognize the era. And the yes. lack of of empathy and knowledge and just respect, mm. it was present. So I get it, but it's it's a hard scene to watch. It is very difficult to see those three days for him, and mm-hmm. especially him going to the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Chen says at this point, I'd rather be his good friend as a man than get turned down as a woman. As a woman. And that's so heartbreaking because... 
She has never gotten to be a woman. This is someone who is the primary breadwinner of her home. She's her androgynous. Dad, she takes over. She yeah. has, I guess, masculine features, if you want to call them fat, masculine, but okay. She's not traditionally feminine. She's not traditionally feminine presenting Correct. for the era. And even in flashback sequences of her as a child, she still had short hair. She was still dressing a little more like a tomboy, to use the yeah. term in the my drama list synopsis. And I genuinely felt bad for her um, and her struggle up to a point. Because around this time, when he's going through it, and he's not getting any help, <laughs> and... She says she has this pity party. It just has many pity parties. She's constantly crying. And I have in my notes, I'm so sick of her blubbering. You can't, I say in my notes, you can't start a relationship based on a lie. You have to tell the truth. You have to open up and be vulnerable. Let them in. And she wants to have her cake and eat it too. The entire drama, and I don't mean Coffee Prince as a whole. I mean the drama of this section of the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their issues would be wrapped up if she just manned up, no pun intended, and told him the truth that she's a woman. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't get the spinning wheels of that section of the show. Because okay. to me, she's suffering, he's suffering. What's going to change? Like something has to give. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I love that when he found out and finally when you know they move forward he called her out on it i think two or three times oh i have the direct <laughs> quotes here i don't worry we'll get to it in a second because okay we still have a couple of things before the shit hits the fan because i love yeah. when she says in this pity party with the cousin there she says but look at me i'm not a man or a woman i'm too scared to tell him mm. and that's something that the cousin brings up later when shit hits the fan and people are trying to reconcile the two of them by saying what they know of the story. Mm-hmm. And the cousin says she doesn't even know who she is. There you go. And it's like, oh, that's really profound. That's really deep. She's very young. And yeah. she's been put in a box for her whole life, which is yeah. you're not good enough. You don't look the right part to be a woman. Yeah. You're not feminine presenting. And so you're just going to get put in the box of you're a boy. We're going to consider you a man. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole complexity of not being wanted, of not knowing how to be a woman. What is femininity? Is she still a woman even though she's dressing like this and acting like this and has these jobs and all this stuff? It's very interesting. I have a question. Yeah. So she was... uh tomboy with her dad right we see that sequence of of her playing with her dad and her dad playing with her as if he's a son or she's a son but when she grows older is she forced into this box that she's in i think so in order to be able to provide for her family i think it's a little bit of both that she's comfortable wearing these clothes and with the short hair that's fine 
maybe she's comfortable not wearing makeup. That's totally fine. But I also think it's that she was forced into it to provide for her family and to be provide that for her family. patriarchal stand in for her dad who died early. And now she has exactly. to provide for her family. So absolutely. It's a little bit of both to me. It's 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 really a conversation on society. Oh, really, yeah. For me, because yeah. back then you may be working at a cafe or you may be like a bar host or a waitress. Right. You cannot but excuse the fact that she had very little options to go with. because she, she had was very so, little options. She was very young in her 20s. She did not have yeah. a college education. She repeatedly yeah. said she had no dreams. She had no talent. She didn't do well in school. So there's no recourse for her other than to do these dirty jobs, essentially. These jobs that are meant for men with no education, men who are young, like part-time work. Which probably, like which probably paid more. Yes, which probably paid more than if she was saying that she's a woman and she wants these jobs because of the yeah. pay gap. Yeah. It's completely unfair. It is unfair. Yeah. So I I understand her, mm -hmm. but I my issue with her is when she saw that it was getting serious. Yes. She should, she should have, have gotten the same courage yes. that Hangul worked through yes. to speak up. Correct. But she didn't get that courage. She didn't. And then we get to the kiss in the coffee shop, which is iconic. And oh. I don't know what else to say about that. That's because all we're it's amazing. Say. Yeah. It's amazing. He comes in hot. He like is all over her. And I think this is that part where when they were rewatching it um, now, closer <laughs> to present day, I think she was grabbing his shirt or something in yeah. that scene. And yeah. I was like, oh, like that's a lot. But he says this line I like you. I don't care if you're a man or an alien anymore. See, okay. Talk it's an it. iconic line. People yes. keep saying it in every variety show whenever the skit comes up. Um, was it necessary to say alien? I don't know. I don't know. I get the sentiment is what he's saying. That yeah. I don't care who you are. You're just you and I like you. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. To compare being in love with a man to being in love with an alien. That was a bit much. Hasn't aged well at all. But no, it's 2007. Um, but people still like that line. They like it. Yeah. I, I'm just shocked at it. Yeah. I just love the kiss. That's the all. Kiss. <laughs> I distinctly remember watching this kiss in 2011 or so. When I first watched the show, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I think I re I was rewound rewinding it. I was like, "I gotta see it again! I gotta see it again!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's steamy. It's good. It's spicy. Um, it is. Then shit hits the fan. The poser boyfriend, who is uh, my perfect stranger, dude. Mm -hmm. He spills oh. the beans. He's he such a blabbermouth. He's such a blabbermouth because he thinks that she told him the truth when he gets to work that morning, but she chickens out. And then he starts talking about her as if Kong Yu knows the truth. The intensity of that moment. Yo. The intensity. That's why I'm like, Kong Yu is the best actor. Oh my God. And I hate her reaction. I do yeah. hate Unchan's reaction because she can't look him in the eye. 
which fine i feel like that's a cultural thing that like if you are at fault if you are so, so you know of a lower position if you're sorry you don't make eye contact with somebody that's rude yeah so fine she doesn't look him in the eye but then she doesn't say anything she's so ashamed yeah. that she doesn't say anything she doesn't offer any explanation she doesn't say i'm sorry even he's got nothing to go off of and again he goes awol he goes driving down the street thinking back on all the moments they've had together and how he should have seen it coming that she was a girl the whole time and that's his bad <laughs> Because you should have challenged your thoughts. You should have heard her when she first said her ID and right. it started with two. But no, Ooh. you're like, it's a. You know what? He had every right to be angry. I'm he just did have every right to be angry, I feel. Yeah. And his world came crashing down in a very K drama fashion. But I love his line when he's talking to. The cousin later, because the cousin knew the whole time, he got mad that the cousin was lying to him too, feeding into the ruse. And Kong Yu says, "Will the world end if I find out she's a girl?" Ooh. And I'm like, oh. he got points. He's got points. Okay. He says he to her not. later, "Tell me this isn't true. Tell me you didn't lie to me for months. You don't do that to someone you love." Oh. Okay, I'm gonna watch this again when we finish it's because so these lines impactful. I hope you do one of those posts that you do with like <laughs> with the lines, the quotes. Yeah, with the quotes yeah. because it's impactful. For I'll sure. do it. I'll do it. Don't worry. But he, f- I mean, they talk to the each other scattered throughout the episode because, of course, they're just angsty and upset. And he has every right to be. He says later. You were selfish. You didn't care what I was going through. You didn't tell me even when I told you that I like you, even though you're a guy. So I love that he hits on the, this selfishness yeah. of her not telling him that he, she didn't consider how he'd feel. Yeah. And then he does like this is inexcusable, but he like comes on her and they have this aggressive kiss in the coffee house. And, and he then he says, pulls away and says, I liked you better, better as a man. Oh, uh, that was that. That that's out of was bounds. the moment out of bounds. That was the moment for me, because I told you I was in a very special space. Yeah, that was the moment where I decided that no matter how angry I am, I will not intentionally hurt someone. Right. And I've lived by that. Right. S- like forever. Wow. wow. And so there was a moment in my life where my dad did that to me. And I remember having a panic attack because I was like, you did not need, my dad and my sister, shout out to my sister, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and my dad, sorry. Um, But I was like, you don't need to intentionally Mm. hurt people the way you know it would hurt them the most. Right. And I could not forgive that moment. Yeah. It's very uh, below the belt. Very below the belt for him to do that. And then he says, what do we have now? Do we have trust? You don't know what I gave up in my life to have you. You've been weighing your choices because you didn't want to get hurt. Oh, my gosh. Vulnerability. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much. It's so much. But they make up. They get over it. 
they get through it they you know reconcile and then we get a bunch of episodes where they're together and it's very sweet even sweeter than the other episodes that came before it they're very giddy with each other especially mm-hmm. him i feel like kong yu's character is just smitten with her mm-hmm. anytime he sees her he's just like oh like it's so cute to see them Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get those final episodes where is he or is he not going to go back to New York? Let me just say, New York has been a problem in K-dramas since time in memoriam. <laughs> okay, this is not a oh, business proposal, recent thing. He goes to New York and leaves her and there's a time jump. No, baby. Like, New York was a threat since the early 2000s. <laughs> it's always been in the ether. And he ends up deciding deciding not to go back to New York and design yeah. toys. Because he's found new meaning right. to life. He yeah. has found new meaning, new fulfillment in what he's doing at the coffee shop, which is... That's the word. Really interesting concept to give up on a dream because you found a new one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Random, I was talking about men that I admire and why I admire them. And the common thread was one of these points where you have one dream and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to lay it down and go after this one because I I love that. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, let's put that on my vision board. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're leaving yeah. out the fact that he is enamored with Unchan and wants to stay with her, doesn't want to do long distance or break up. True. But, but does he need to he, design toys anymore to feel something? No. No. Yeah. No. I was devastated when he tells the grandmother and the family that Unchan is actually a girl and that they're dating. <gasps> And their reaction? The reaction. From grandma. From grandma. Mom was shocked, fair, but grandma was vicious. Oh my gosh. The one yeah. of the worst blowout reactions. And it hurts Unchan so much. I mean, it hurt me, and I'm just a a casual audience member watching this after the fact, but it was very sad. Yeah. Um oh my god, but then you do and the cousin who have had their ups and downs, they're back together, she gets pregnant. And then she proposes to to him mm-hmm. that they get married. Mm-hmm. Well, he proposed to her. Oh, yeah. And but she I, was I mean, non-committal. Right. No, with yes. the, I don't know, cheese stick or whatever it was. And then she comes back and proposes to mm-hmm. him. And that was beautiful. I know the girlies were... Ooh up in a bunch about it but it was I what think do you it was mean fitting. the girlies were up in a bunch they hated that scene what? they're like why should a girl why should a girl propose it should always be the guy and okay yeah. babes so my thing is the the show is groundbreaking in all kinds of ways so many ways and they had set up earlier that her character doesn't want to get married she's not yeah. about that life she's a free spirit whatever the hell and I feel, and I've said this in another episode, I can't remember which one, might have been Search WWW with you. Yes. That that's a deal breaker. Yes. In a relationship, right? When one person wants to get married and the other person doesn't, on moral, ethical, whatever grounds that they want. 
that's a deal breaker. To me, that spells the end of the relationship. Yeah. And the fact that she sort of works through it and gets over the trauma because her mom's been married four times and like it's this whole thing, complex that she has about getting married. She plucks up the courage to actually propose to him and she knows that it's something that he's wanted for many years. Talk about being together for nine years and not getting married. I'm like, that was not on him. He would have gotten married long ago, but it was on her. That's true. That's true. And, you know, him sort of cheating on her, her definitely cheating on him. They've come so far and it's very good. I can't understand why it's a character development for her. Yeah. To propose I to would, him. I would like to say it may not be a deal breaker if you find the right guy. When you're thinking about Young from Girls' Generation and her guy. Oh, and him oh yes. Saying, him saying in interviews, like, I want her to have the success, all the success she wants and the work she wants to do and whatnot. Like, yes, I'd like to get married, but... Her dreams are just as important. I died. Oh, my God. I love that man. But, yeah. Right. I think what I said on the Search WWW episode was that somebody has to compromise. Yes. Yes, you did say that. I remember that. And, yeah, that's a real-life compromise with that celebrity couple. That's true. But in the show, we also see see him compromise. We see everyone compromise. Yeah. Which is so beautiful because that's very realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kong Yu's character fumbles a bag in the final couple of episodes because he gets marriage hungry <laughs> and he gets approval from his entire family. He convinces his whole family that Untan is the perfect daughter-in-law. The co-owner is talking talking her up to the grandmother. He's like, you don't even yeah. realize what a gem you have here because she's better than him and all this stuff. Yeah. So he proposes to her, puts a ring on her finger. She thinks it's just a promise, a promise ring, ring. A couple <laughs> ring. And she assumes, in talking with her little sister and stuff, that they would get married in four or five years or something. He's shocked. <laughs> shocked. <laughs> because he wants to get married now, like in the next year. And she's all about, I need to work on myself. I yes. have this, I finally have something I want to do, something I'm good at, something I'm interested in. And that's becoming a great barista. I want to be the best barista ever. I want to study this. I, this is my dream now. And to provide for my family on my own terms and stuff. And he's over here like, I swear I'll take responsibility for your family. And that was something that the sister was bringing up too. She was like, is he going to buy us a house before you move to New York? I know. I'm like, bitch, what? Entitled. Entitled little brat. What makes you think that her boyfriend should buy you a house? It was like exactly. And Unchan says in that moment, responsibility? How? For how long? It's better not to make promises you can't keep. Will you live forever and never die? My father said he'd take responsibility for our family forever, but he couldn't do that. A person can't take responsibility over another person. You can only take responsibility for yourself. For yourself. Until you can accomplish 
until I can accomplish things on my own, I won't marry. And I that was like, was I feel the ground. Definitive. I feel the ground shaking. I feel it shaking <laughs> because this is so very amazing of them to write into her character and it felt very genuine for her to have this pride over her life yeah and this fierce independence of course she does she's been doing this on her own since she was 16 and why should she be a kept woman why should he have to provide for her family she can do it on her own yeah and all of these things i was watching with my mom and at this scene she was like You see, this is why I tell you, you have to make your own money. Go to school. Start working. Make your money before you go and do this love, 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 love. I laughed my head off. But it was so important to to learn that. It's very important. I think in today's day and age, there's so many horror stories of you just don't have any skills to survive on your own and then you get stuck Mm -hmm. in a relationship that is providing for you and a lifestyle that you can't maintain on your own and and knowing his behavior oh his anger issues he can just take it away and then what right because he was threatening her with her job for half the show and so she was like "Uh uh-uh we're not marrying and me just like live as your wife like i want i have dreams Exactly. I want things I want to do. I have things I want to do. And I was like, damn, mad respect. I'll tell you what, though. When I first watched this in 2011, I was in a different spot in my life. Yes, I had a job. Yes, I was educated. But holy hell, I was on Kong Yu's side during this <laughs> whole thing. I was like, why isn't she marrying him? I don't understand why they're waiting. I don't understand why she wants to become a barista. Of all that, I was like really upset with her not accepting the proposal right away. And to like watching it today, I'm like, maybe I'm just in you a different girl. place in my life. I'm like, absolutely. Why would she get married now? She's so young. She has so much she wants to do. Let her study coffee, whatever the fuck she wants. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It, it made no sense for him to want to marry her after three months together three months that they've known each other but sometimes i feel like did he want to marry her or did he want to have sex with her because they have that scene they did have that talk to me Mm. they did have that scene (laughs) where um he's like yeah and we'll live in new york together and you'll go to chelsea and we'll have pizza and he was painting this whole picture yes which is so funny because he was telling hansung like once you marry you want that person to live according to Uh your they have that conversation but um for him He's like, oh, what, wait, she says, are we getting married? He's like, what are you saying? We have to get married before we live together, sleep this, together. So, so this, what? This was a little jarring for me because this goes into, first of all, she's very naive about anything having to do with relationship. Anything sexual just kind of yeah. blows her mind. And... I mean, earlier when they anou- when the second leads, the second couple, announces yes. that they're pregnant, she's very happy she's for them. Like, but she's like, I wonder how they got pregnant and they're not even married. No. I, and let, I was like, just he, 
so Kong Yu's character like looks at her and she's like, oh, oh right. And he's like, like, are you fucking for real? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Be fucking for real. But, 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 but Gong Yu has lived in New York. He's part of the, you know, cosmopolitan uh-huh. life, if you will. Mm-hmm. Cousin is 32. He yeah. ain't playing no games either. Right. But culturally, there right. was still, and I'm sure there still is this yeah. vibe culturally that you don't get pregnant before you're married. Right, right. And that's why, you know, celebrities have these short, shotgun weddings. Mm-hmm. And so I understand how she was thinking. And I watched it when I was 18. So okay. I yeah. I was just on that train of, what do you mean we're going to have sex and we're not married? Well, also I, how like, pre- I, how, okay, but also how presumptive of him to be like, yeah, we'll just live together in New York together. And they exactly. just started their relationship. Like, <laughs> he's exactly. like, let's live together. Um, We've been together for 72 hours, sir. I think... We should take it a little slower because he was very quick about it. And he never gave, him, he never had this conversation with her before. That's about true. what stage are we at? Do you want to do you even want to live with me? He was leading the relationship. The girlies are looking for leaders and he was leading. What can you say? He was dragging her along like a horse behind <laughs> the cart. And she put the brakes on that. And she was like, no, I want to. Do th- first of all, first of all, she was like, um, we're not going to live together before we're married. Number one. Number two, sex is I can't believe you just want to have sex and then not get married. It was like very uh, conservative yeah. of her. But also, I understood where she was coming from. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see why she was like, what? And then third of all, when she finally reals- realizes her barista dream, she's like, we're not getting married before I complete all this <laughs> stuff that i want to do yeah so again he was and then he's like making plans without her which got her really upset yes she was like how was the whole thing yes how can you do this to me without even telling me yeah communication he communication communication communication, communication. Yes. and he couldn't understand why she was so upset because yeah. to him he's like giving her this cinderella life yeah and she's like i don't want to be cinderella i want to be a kon chan uh-huh uh-huh so i think now I, back in 2011 when i watched watched this i was like she should totally just get married to him and they live together and that's the end of it I think now I'm of two minds of it because she was so young, right? Just 20 something years old and he's 29, almost 30. And I'm like, first of all, (laughs) if a man wants to marry you and you love each other, just get married. There shouldn't be this giant engagement that's years long. Second of all, if you wanna be a kept woman and not have to work and grind and hustle, more power to you. Just get that bag, sweetie. Like, marry the man. <laughs> so that's why I mean, I'm like, I'm of two minds of it. I think generally, I was definitely supportive of her wanting to not get married right away and become a barista yeah. and all that stuff. Because she'd never was, done anything yeah. remotely like that. He's already studied. He's already yes. been abroad. He's just more cultured than she is. And she doesn't have all of that experience. Not only that, he's gotten to live life for him. 
and she has lived life for her family this mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-mm-mm. And for the first time, she's getting to live life for her. Uh-huh. And it is, it is her first relationship and yes, her first time falling in love. And like, there are just so many factors. Like, let her breathe, please. Let her breathe. Yeah. And back then, when I was watching it, I was like, definitely don't get married right now. Oh, really? Because, okay. oh, yeah. Because you can. You have an opportunity to live out your dreams, so uh-huh. do it. Uh-huh. And it's nice to have someone encouraging you along the way, uh-huh. but you don't necessarily need it because mm-hmm. it's your dream. Mm-hmm. Go after it. Like encourage I yourself. I also feel like in the even when I was watching it initially, and even now, I feel like we have culturally way different stances on what a marriage entails. Yeah, and. To me, back in the day and even now, I'm like, if she gets married, she can still study. She can still become a barista. It's not even a thing. But yeah. perhaps we're missing the part that if they get married, she's going to have to care for this man. This man yes. child who's playing with Legos. And in the household. Yeah. And his family and uh-huh. her family. Have and responsibilities and cultural duties and exactly. all this stuff. She was seeing all that and she's like, I don't want to do that right yeah. now. I and just- we don't get that. As a I literally, audience. yeah, I literally just finished doing that with my family. What are yeah. you talking about? Mm. Mm. And you want me to jump into it again? No. Mm. And that's very much the space I'm in personally right now mm. with I'm living my life. My kids, a.k.a. my siblings have graduated. I don't have to care for them anymore. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's now about me. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm going to take that responsibility. Right. Jump into it head first. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of context that I feel like we might be missing or glossing over when we say she should just get married or she should just wait and then get married, whatever the case is. Then yeah. we get a time jump of two years. She goes to Italy to become a barista. And I will tell you, I remember vividly watching the scene. And I remember this scene where she comes back. And, and she's femme presenting. She's femme. Well, a little more femme presenting. I still don't think she's yeah. like not in a skirt. She's not, doesn't have a full face of makeup or anything. That's true. That's she's true. She's quite a nice balance. She still has short hair, but it's shoulder length now. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, a nice evolution of her. Yes. It seems like this is where she wanted to be over time. Not only, yeah. I I loved that that she didn't come show up in a dress with yeah. heels and and all of that. I loved that she found her style mm. that still speaks to her and just the new way she wants to move through the world. Mm-hmm. If you the will. glow up so, was real, the glow up was real. Yeah, and the um, way he looked at her. Oh, oh, yeah. I think the only scene that we skipped was the sex scene that happened right before she left for Italy. That Which she one was, are we talking? Are we talking about the dream sequence or the actual sex scene? No, the actual sex scene. Okay. Which they didn't show anything. I mean, you know, it's still okay drama. But that scene where she goes over to his house and he's hot and bothered. He like wants her. She doesn't get it. He put his hands on her and she freaked out. And that night or something, she calls him and she goes over late at night and he had was like put the kibosh on anything coming coming close to her and stuff because he (laughs) wants her and she stays over intentionally he's like please leave if you if you don't leave 
right now, I'm not sending you home. <laughs> you have your face in your hands because Carol. Yeah. This scene is so, again, iconic for Cocker It Prince. is iconic. Because she puts her little foot in. He locks her out without her shoes. She's like, I need my shoes, whatever, open up. And she puts her little foot in, then she puts her head in, and she makes her way inside. And he had just warned. He's like, please, be warned. And boom. He, like, got her up against the door. Whoa. Whoa. When he put her up against the door, I was like, ah! (laughs) I remember screaming the first time I saw Yeah, on the second watch, I wasn't screaming. But the first time I watched it, I remember screaming. I've never been able to watch that scene again just because I can't. I can't do it because I'm just like, "Ah." I I lose my shit. Too many emotions. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I lost my shit. Uh, And I lost my shit now in 2023 when I rewatched it. Um, What a quality like scene that was a long time coming for this couple. And all of a sudden she got so much courage. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And you could tell, like, she didn't know what she was doing. Uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. She was, like, <laughs> she was, like, new. It was yeah. her first time. And right. so he had to take leadership. But she just, you could see her moving according to what she was feeling. Yeah. It wasn't um, all one-sided, I would say. It wasn't all one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but before we move on, we forgot something. One of my favorite scenes ever. Oh, God. Ever. What is it? Is when he calls her and he's like, what are you? Are you sleeping? And she's like, no. He's like, can you come over? And she goes over and she's sitting on the couch eating chicken and he's like, how was your day? And, and and then she gets pissed off, like, why are you asking me all these things? And finally, she's like, we weren't there. I kind of missed you. He's like, I missed you, yeah, too. Yeah, because he's, go- he's like, and? and? Yeah, exactly. And? Exactly. <laughs> that whole couch sequence was the most loving thing for me. Top, top three loving moments for me in the show. Because it was... So underrated, very common to do in real life. And uh, yes, that that moment touched me. We were talking earlier about how this show was not realistic. What's realistic is them. Them. Together. Yes. Yeah. Their scenes together, their chemistry, the way it's so easy and the way it's so hard sometimes for them. Yeah. The look on Kong Yu's face when he's giddy about something that she said or they're on the phone and she surprises him and says i love you i love you i love you over and over again and he was standing on his couch and he like collapses he's like because she shakes him up so much by saying i love you and then he decides i'm gonna be petty or pissed and he's like let's not get it twisted i love you more hang up Uh, that shit is what's realistic and what's addicting to watch yeah. yeah yeah Okay. I think I've come to the end of my notes. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about? That was the last thing I wanted to add, too. This is so much fun. (laughs) It was. I just want everyone to watch the show. I do, too. If you haven't watched Copy Prints and you've gotten this far and we've spoiled it for you, please just experience it for yourself. It is 
such a wonderful experience. And despite some of the stuff that I was harping on earlier, it is a top tier K-drama. It is it did so well internationally and in Korea. Everybody loved it. Everybody still loves it. And just watch it. Just watch it. Don't let the 2007 of it like get you get you down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Carol. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? So I know you do K dramatics. You do K drama musings. Yes. Okay. Please follow me on K drama music. K dramas musings okay. on Instagram. Um, I'm sure I'll plug it in somewhere on socials and tag Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much for having me back. Oh, thank you for coming on. I completely enjoy myself anytime I'm chatting with you. I can't believe it's been two hours plus. Yes, I know. Um, and I said before we got on that I'm going to cut it short. Don't worry. Yeah, here we are again to an half hour episode. But hopefully people have have stuck around and listened to the whole discussion and everything that we love yeah. about the show. It's it's fantastic. I'm currently hosting watch parties for uh, King of the Land on Sundays. So if you would like to join, do join. Nice. All right. That's it. That's our show. I'm Jessica, and this has been the Tebaki Rainbows Podcast.